How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. The Casa TV Podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box. Hello. It's Luke again for the Custard TV Podcast, and I am joined once again by... Uh, Garrett, I think you were actually saying hello to me there, so I was like, hello, Luke. No, but I realised you were talking to the listeners. We don't do pleasantries anyway. I don't think no, I've said hello to you ever. Who are you again? I've, I've got it written down somewhere. Uh, hello, my name is Gary. I'm appearing courtesy of vulturehound.com. And if you're listening to this, uh, then tell other people to, because that's what we need. People with ears and uh, opinions on television. If you've not heard it before, don't worry. Let me walk you through how it's going to work. We talk about the best and the worst on the TV and cast our eyes over why it worked, why it didn't, and what we want to see more of or less of. Plus, we have a question of the week this week, which is, what did you give a second chance to? We'll, we'll come on to a bit more about that later, won't we? We won't reveal. We'll tea. This is what's called a tease in Radio Land. Uh, we'll yeah. tease what we gave a second chance to in the second part of the show. It is the equivalent of dangling a lollipop in front of me and not letting me have it. That's what it's like. Indeed. We are we are dangling a metaphorical lollipop in front of all of you. Now, if you would like to bite on that lollipop, yes, <laughs> then uh, get in contact with us on Twitter. No, no, I mean metaphorically bite on the on the lollipop. Yeah, we don't uh, want to go down the fifty cent road of uh, you know <laughs> taking to the candy shop and all that shop. business. Oh, it's your birthday. Uh, you can get in contact with us on Twitter. Uh, both our Twitters are open, and you can contact me on at the Gary Show. Uh, no uh, underscores anymore. Just at the Gary Show. Even though my Twitter wants to put the underscores in still, and I fight they, they with sent, it. They sent me an email. They're not happy. Uh, and also, uh, mine is Luke Custard TV. Love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to be here for 45 minutes talking, as I say, about the best and the worst on the box. Starting with. The big awards ceremony hosted by Dara O'Brien on Sunday. It was the BAFTAs live. Um, Rolf Harris got the um, Huge Contribution Award. Stephen Moffat was honoured as well. Um, Both well-deserved. I I mentioned on Sunday night that if you're going to be scratched and bitten by that many animals, you deserve to be honoured in some way. (laughs) (laughs) Rolf is like one of my sort of like TV idols, along with Johnny Morris, who used to do Animal Magic who every time I see a penguin on television, I still give it a voice in honour of. Rolf is a legend. I mean, we all grew up, well, I certainly I grew up with him doing sort of Rolf's cartoon time and, you know, just, or whatever. I mean, he wasn't doing like vision on and things like that, but he was certainly doing sort of, sort of colourful artistry on, on television, wasn't he? So 
He's like a he's like a legend, Rolf. Literally a legend. I was more fascinated by his wife, who looked. He, she looked like he was. She was wearing something that he painted. It's possible <laughs> that he had. <laughs> he started, and then he went. Can you guess what it is yet? Best presenter of the night actually went. Uh, in my view, the, the presenters were all over the place as far as oh. cringeworthy moments and stuff. But Timothy Spall was my favourite uh, because he went on and he was just genuine and funny and didn't yeah. take it too seriously. And actually, I like him more and more. I see him, and and the re- the other, actually, I take that back. Dominic West and uh, Amelia Fox at the start, when he forgot to bring his glasses, but, was a genuine. But that's funny because moment. when off script, that's because he kind of went, oh, I forgot glasses, and it was a wonderful sort of like moment. The rest were all horrible and insipid. I mean, Alexander Armstrong and Jenny Anger. Maybe it was the audience had the audience laughed a bit, and maybe if they played a bit of like canned laughter, in maybe were funny, but they just felt really awkward and stilted. That's the thing about. I don't know why people um, put so much emphasis on these award shows. They're always full of cringeworthy moments. They're yeah. Full of moments that you'd imagine if they weren't live would be edited out. Um, and it, and even the comedians, you know, you you think maybe the comedians will be funny, but you get that they're funny as scripts, and therefore when you have a microphone with just a list of names to read out, they're not actually that funny. Uh, but also, I mean, they're constrained by um, uh, constraint by time as well, aren't they? They're always aware of, oh, hurry yeah. up, we're running out of time. Don't be too funny, for God's sake, because you might entertain somebody. Uh, yes, wouldn't want that. Just, just, just look at some of the... I mean, unless you've been living under a rock or somewhere else in the world, you'll know that Dominic West, Emily Watson, and just about everybody involved with Appropriate Adult, I think even the people who... Uh, sorted out the catering biscuits on the drama uh, were, were, were awarded on Sunday. But Appropriate Adult, ITV's big drama from last September about the Fred West and, Ro- uh, Fred West and Rosemary West case, mm. just just um, just dominated the night, and it was deserving of it. I was a little bit uncomfortable when each one of those cast members, I don't want to go into this too deeply, but they each started to talk a lot about the, the case well, itself. I think I think that showed you that there was... I mean, that only happened, I don't know, five, ten years, no, not even ten, maybe less than five years ago. No, and I think it's all still very, 94, so what's that, eight years? Or is it 18 years? No, it's eight, 18, 18 <laughs> years ago? Was it really? You've just realised you're old. I've, I'm, living in, I'm living in a TARDIS. Um, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, he says, covering himself. Anton um, Deck are still getting ready to rumble in your world, aren't they? I know. Let's get really ready. Um, and, and I think perhaps you saw that there was a measure of actors and actresses feeling like, is it right for me to do this? I know there was a lot of controversy when there were documentaries about Myra Hindley as well. And, you know, sort of that some subjects are hard to tackle. And this is one of them. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people were affected by what happened. It'd be like, it'd be like if someone wanted to make a Howard Shipman documentary or program you know so many people are affected by that you've got to kind of marry up you know was it is it worth it well they've they've made you know, a, what uh, are you doing they made did a, they make um, a harold shipman they made a harold shipman tv drama with james bolam as harold shipman a few years ago um but that didn't win any awards interestingly though the lead actor category of course went to dominic west for his spooky portrayal of um mm. f- of uh Fred West. Fred, Fred, Fred I, I was, not Rose West. I was kind of surprised uh, Benedict Cumber. I would have thought Benedict Cumberbatch would have snapped that up, really. It just goes well, I think, didn't did 
win the BAFTA the year before, and I think perhaps um, some of the voting obviously went on to Andrew Scott, who, who won for supporting actor of, of, of Moriarty. And perhaps, I don't know, maybe with the fact that there's another series of Sherlock coming, maybe the BAFTA are kind of thinking, we'll give... You know, there's there's not always a great amount of telly to go around. And, you know, Appropriate Adult was was a very worthy winner of the three, of the three or four awards it got. Just to gloss over some other um, worthy winners... Oh, can I, can I just... Can I just mention one thing? I, no. I was really surprised. Uh, John Sim was at, at the award ceremony. He could not look more glum. He obviously had been told that he hadn't won for leading actor for Exile, which was excellent. But he just looked ticked off from the whole minute the camera went on to him. There was a, there was a tweet want... from him uh, where he said, never again, which yeah. I didn't recognise, which I didn't realise at the time was perhaps a... A reference to maybe he doesn't go to many of the, these award ceremonies and found it all a bit too. I don't see him as a lovey. I don't see him as the type that would go to many no. award shows. But I, he, yeah, sorry to interrupt there, but I just thought that was. No, uh, I know. I work, but you allowed one interruption, and you've had it now. So right, okay, fine. Yep. Choose it carefully. Yep. Uh, right, um, Monica Doolin, of course, winning for Appropriate Adult. It's funny, I know Gary hasn't seen Appropriate Adult, and as I said earlier, I should kick him off the podcast for that, but Monica Doolan... <coughs> shadow Line, the Shadow Line, have you seen the Shadow Line yet? It's brilliant, you, you haven't seen it. Monica Doolan winning for Appropriate Adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just ignoring <laughs> that. She, uh, she didn't really, it, I mean, her performance in it, She's only in it briefly, really, in comparison mm. to everybody else. I was quite surprised. Maybe that should have gone to Maggie Smith. Maybe that was the obvious choice. Maybe it should have even gone to Anna Chancellor for the hour. Um, entertainment those performance. That, those, that, those that saw Call the Midwife would say Miranda Hart. I mean, I know she's a comedy actor, actress, but a lot of people said she was very good. The, Call the Midwife was a huge hit on BBC One on Sunday night. So. so much so that they're actually, just to go off topic, but stay within topic, as I am able to do because I'm <laughs> clever. Yeah. Um, is that BBC One, who showed Call the Midwife at 8pm on Sundays at the beginning of the year, are now going to start repeating it on Thursday nights at 9. Well, there you go. Prime time. Prime time. So if you missed all the Call the Midwifery... That, that's yeah. I've made up midwifery, but it works. I, uh, it's, no, midwifery, midwifery works. There's, there's books as well. I hadn't realised they were based on books. Uh, Graham so. Norton won for entertainment performance. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Uh, Darren Boyd was uh, a surprise for Spy, especially as that's a Sky series. But again, a weak category. I like Darren Boyd. Yeah. I, li I liked him in other things. Weak category. Really surprised I think 20, Jennifer Saunders I think, won for Absolutely Fabulous too. I think 2012 was, was greatly overlooked. I mean, it's a great piece of comedy and a nice piece of satire on a, on a very relevant subject. I was surprised that neither Olivia Colman or Hugh Bonneville won for the comedy performance. Uh, well, also an important one I wanted to mention, and so here I go mentioning it. Uh, yes. The drama series was won by uh, BBC Three series, yeah, here we Fades, go. which has since been axed. Does this mean that the, the BBC will think, you know what, there's obviously interest in the Fades, let's bring it back? I wonder. No, I, I, I think they'll make their money off the DVD, and, and I think it's been done and dealt with. Very rarely do shows come back from the dead. It is very, very unusual. Uh, I know that in America dead? there was a... Well, apart from that, uh, that's more the characters. Uh, there, there's Jericho in America that came back and was finished after it had been cancelled, and it was only a short run. Um, I, I've seen The Fades. I thought it was very good. I thought it was different and a very adventurous, the sort of thing that BBC Three 
are, are famous for you know the sort of thing where they take a, a, a subject and uh, and they and they kind of do new things with it um so i'm surprised it got cancelled i'm not surprised it won for drama series there are there are vague rumours that it could come back in the form of Snog Murray or Fade, which I'm quite looking forward to seeing how that would work. Um, yeah, yeah, situa- yeah. Situation comedy is the one that I want to <sighs> talk about just briefly before a vein in my head pops. I do not understand the popularity of Mrs. Brown's Boys, although the rest of the comedies aren't exactly laugh out loud. Mrs. Brown's Boys, where does it come from? Why do people love it? And why am I so angry? <laughs> Um, I, I can't answer any of those questions other than to agree with you and go, I weep for the for the state of uh, situation comedy in this country if Mrs. Brown's Boy, Fresh Meat and Rev are the top situation comedies. I mean, Rev, I don't even think as a situation comedy. Friday Night Dinner, fair enough. I didn't watch it, so I can't really criticise it. But the others, are, I mean, Mrs. Brown's Boy and Fresh Meat had one laugh between them, if they're lucky. I just don't know why... I. I can sort of understand Fresh Meat. I don't understand Mrs. Brown's Boys. I don't understand no. why it's funny. I don't understand where it's come from. I, we'd better not talk about it because I'm going to start screaming. Finally, the last one that's worthy of a look is the International Award, The Killing Modern yep. Family and the Slap, all defeated by Bo- Bovril. No, sorry, Morgan. <laughs> Um, um, this was a great success. Borgen, uh, I've raved about this show on various podcasts and forums. Uh, it's Danish. It's about politics. It's right up my street. It's being remade in America called Government on NBC. I although I don't think it's. a great name for that. That is. I know. Government. I know. What's it about? Um, the, the Americans are becoming obsessed with government, with, with politics again. There's another show uh, starting a comedy sort of sitcoms called uh, 1600 Pennsylvania, which I believe stars. Uh, which is a comedy show about, or, or a sort of drama show, show about about life in the White House, but not about the politics side of it. And of course, with an election coming up later this year, you know the Americans always get more and more into their politics as that comes around. So, have the bridge, see how government does. Have the bridge and Homeland missed the boat for next year? No, I think Homeland will get a mention next year. I think it probably just finished a little bit too late for BAFTA viewers. I don't know whether it started, but BAFTA were all over the, 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 the Homeland. They did an advanced screening with a Q&A. So I imagine next year they're all over it. And, of course, Channel 4 will be showing it right after the Americans one week. So I think next year's BAFTAs, that'll be right up for it. The Bridge, maybe not. I mean, I, it, it certainly got a, got a good, good, good finishing, but I, I don't know if it got quite the buzz that... The Killing did. I preferred it, but and Borgen was a worthy winner. And they've announced this week as well that the third series will most likely be the last. But that's great for England, for British viewers. We haven't even seen the second series yet, so there's lots of Borgen to come. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the Bridge or Borgen. Which one would you recommend? Uh, what, what are okay? Uh, answer me this: Is your favourite film um, uh, JFK or Die Hard Three? Not really. But I was hoping you'd say The Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> Which would you prefer as a watch as a film? Um, I suppose Die Hard 3. I mean, I go wouldn't get, really go, go I wouldn't get the... want to watch Die Hard 3. But no, go, go get The Bridge. Yeah, okay. That would be my recommendation. Instead of getting a book for a flight, I could get The Bridge and oh, read yeah. it and watch it. Yeah, like definitely. Book. Uh, what we're going to do, absolutely. What we're gonna yeah. do is talk about... Because um, it's become a... Um, an institution on this podcast, The Voice. We're going to talk about that. As I mentioned earlier, we'll talk about um, what shows you have given a second chance to. And we'll tell you uh, the shows that have been 
recommissioned this week, including a big ITV favourite. You are listening to the Custard TV Live, and we'll be back in, mm, should we say 30 seconds? I think we will. This is the Custard TV Podcast. The Custard TV Live, this is our last podcast of May. Wow. I remember, I remember the start of May like it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 30 days. Uh, Silk, uh, we mentioned it briefly. It came back for a new series two weeks ago. Gary had never really seen the first series. It's a legal drama starring the wonderful Maxine Peake and the wonderful Rupert Andrew Jones and written by the wonderful Peter Moffat. Everybody in it is wonderful. Uh, and so much so that you watched episode two and thought, I'm going to buy the DVD. Yeah, uh, Luke was very surprised. I watched episode two, which was uh, more military-based than episode one. Uh, and... and um and tweeted that I'd be going out and buying Series 1 on DVD. Were you just, two te- part- were you just teasing me? Well, really no, there's, there's two points to this. Number one was I, I've, I've enjoyed the series more than I thought I would, so therefore I thought, mm, you know, going back and looking at it, maybe I'll have to go and revisit it. And secondly, the whole point that you brought about the fact that Series 1 kind of stands alone, you know, that what, what happened in Series 1 hasn't yet shaped what's going on in Series 2. No, making there, me there think, were oh. characters that haven't even... I mean, the yeah. characters that have left... They had um, good trainees, young trainees, so it was nice to see yeah. them sort of training up new people. That was interesting. See, episode two was fantastic, wasn't it? The the army yeah. story. I was really gripped by it. I mean, the court scenes were different, and there was yep. less of Rupert Penry Jones and more of Maxie's character, Martha Costello. But yeah, just a really you still, you really still love good that story. name, don't you? I do. You I want to. Think I'm changing it say. myself. I'm thinking of changing my name to Arthur Costello, but I don't think it sounds oh. as, as cool. But I mean, did you? Have you really? Have you, like you say, you've been surprised by how much you've enjoyed it, and and why is that? Well, when I look at the pedigree of it, when I look at the cast, when I look at the writers, I'm not surprised why I like it because these are people that have constantly come up with good television. I'm a big fan of Rupert Penry Jones's other stuff. I've watched Spooks, I've watched uh, Whitechapel. So really, I know he's playing a different role, but actually, I really should have given this more more sort of credence the first time. So um, you know, but hey, that that's the whole thing, and that's the whole thing about what we've asked on Twitter. What shows have you given a second chance to? Do you, like, do you like that smooth link there? Yeah, I was hoping that none of, nobody would come back and say the Custard TV line. <laughs> well, no, if they do, we're okay, but, but get on that really soon. I had a, a few tweets back. Uh, you have as well. I'm going yeah. first. Colette Let's Hughes keep... said... Uh, yeah. Go on, I'm just interrupting. Me oh, too. Yeah. Uh, Collie, when I tweeted, Hughes on Twitter said, uh, Me too. I've never watched Silk before, but my mum introduced it at the start of the new series, and now I love it. So there's someone who... Wow. Um, that's, you can ke- you can follow her on Twitter at Shrewd Fox. Uh, Will Bounds like, got in touch to say he uh, dismissed the Ricky Gervais series extra for extras first time round. Saw it cheap in HMV. He'd missed a few episodes on an individual viewing and thought I may as well just buy it. And now he watches it regularly. So you never know. S- indeed, Sagesti on on Twitter has said to me he's got covert affairs and touch. They're both full of flaws and stupid mistakes, and he, but he's given them a second chance. So I think that's slightly different, but he's, he's gone away and he's seen them, and then he's given them that second chance. So, I mean, hoping he'll come back to us later on and tell us what he has liked about them as well. Uh, so, somebody uh, else, uh, Lauren Jones, said Shameless was one. Didn't like it the uh, first time round. But the thing was, the th- I've got a, sort of a strange story about Shameless. I didn't like it first time round either. 
And, um, I, mu- I, must, I must admit, the premise of Shameless probably wasn't something I would watch. Occasionally there are shows on television where you hear what they're about and you kind of think, oh, I wouldn't want to really watch that. Um, and that was definitely definitely my, my case with Shameless. Well, I've, I've never I've given it a go. I watched it properly, uh, uh, Series 1 properly, just to see whether it was... And I absolutely loved it. I think it's a show that's gone downhill a lot in Series yeah. 8 or whatever it is, as the majority of the main characters have gone on and not part of the show anymore but my thing about shameless was because i was out of the country when it was first on i had a friend in the uk in her mid-70s who i said could you record this for me (laughs) and um what she used to do was she'd rewind back a little bit at the end of the Uh previous one so she could fit the next one on the cassette we're talking cassettes here people i don't know if you can pass back to vhs but um I just think to myself now, what, what what must she have seen in those clips of yeah. when she's gone back? Her prop, her seventy-something-year-old mind was probably tainted by just going a little bit back. But shameless, yeah, I can see why you'd. Um, she caught it in a random episode in series three, didn't like it, but started it from the start and really enjoyed it. Thanks, Lauren, for getting in touch. My own personal uh, show that I've given a second chance to outside of Silk was The Wire. Uh, when when the first buzz about the wire came out, um, <laughs> long buzz about the, the wire, time, clever. The well buzz done. about the wire. See, I didn't even mean that one. That was totally, <laughs> totally unscripted. Uh, when the first kind of major buzz about it came out, when it first was on, uh, I, I rented the first four episodes on Love Film and watched it and thought, "Oh, this is dire and pointless and slow." And a friend of mine watched it and went, no, no, you've totally missed it. It's slow and deliberate and, and it's going to build. And he actually watched all the way through to the end of series and actually so glad that I eventually, uh, via the Guardian website, I think I went back and what, rewatched episode one. I think they gave it away free in a oh, certain So as soon as it became free, episode. you were like, yeah, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, now. I was, I was liked it. And, <laughs> and I have to say, I don't think I've ever watched a television show so fast. I gobbled up five episodes like a hungry child. Um... And and I'm so glad I did. It was it was amazing, and I'm so glad that I persisted. Uh, one for me. This is going to sound weird, and you're probably oh, what are you on about? Porridge. No, I can kind of understand that actually. But Comedy why, said on this podcast is subjective. Well, yeah, because I was so I wasn't. I mean, not to make people feel older who are listening to this podcast, but I wasn't around when it was originally on. Uh, and then when it was repeated a lot on the BBC, I was it sort of looked old-fashioned and not my community. And then I sort of started to appreciate the, the, the genius of Ronnie Barker a bit more as I got older and just took a punt on Porridge. And I think I must have watched, I think there were 20 episodes or something, three, three series in a special. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Really loved it. Really clever, really quick, quick-witted. Not at all what you imagine what, if you've not no. seen it. But I, I don't know, I just... Porridge was a weird one, I know. it's the, And the same with sort of Rising Damp as well, which... Um, I never really got into that. I, I, beyond the impression of, oh, Mr Rigby. You know, I never really could tell you much about what happened in that programme. And Peep Show even is though, another even, one. Peep Show is another one for me as well. I've never got, in, never got into Peep Show, which is shocking, but... Yeah, you, I would think it'd be right up your street. I came to it late, yeah. and I went back. And that was that yep. was just because I'd seen so much of David Mitchell on stuff that I wanted to know what he was like as an actor. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, 
and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. And of course, you go to Peep Show straight away. You don't go to that Mitchell and Webb look if you want to no. know. Uh, you go to Peep Show. So that was another one. So it's mainly been comedies for me. Um, I, I, tried, I tried to do that with Spaced, and I think... I oh. think it was a show that you had to have watched when it was on. I think do you know the what? Refer- I have never the- understood space. No, I'm glad I found it. someone else who has, because everyone I so took to goes on and on about it. And I, I, I kind of see why it's funny, but it didn't make me laugh. It's got the, I, I'm, I always struggle with things that have got a quote-unquote cult feel to them, because yeah. I, 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 I feel like with Spaced, I was missing jokes that were there, but I wasn't picking up on them, so yeah, I don't yeah. know. Conversely, and we talked earlier about Stephen Moffat, one of the more successful comedies that he did was called Coupling, and I thought that was hilarious, and everyone I've tried to tell to get into that, they go, oh no, I don't think I'll like it, it sounds a bit like Friends, and like, no, it's nothing like it's, Friends, yeah, just it's watch it, and, friends. and there's a great episode... It's, Oh, there's brilliant episodes in Coupling. The writing is, is superb. My favourite one is where he uh, he meets a girl and tells him he's got a wooden leg, which is oh, fantastic. No, no. The, 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 classic, the classic Coupling episodes is the Giggle Loop, which is the one where oh. they go to the funeral. The and, uh, and and the one where... He, where, where the, and it was all made by the Welsh guy, whose name I can't remember, but went on to uh, do Richard more serious Coyle. drama. Richard That's Coyle. it. Uh, more serious drama, which is a shame. I'm not sure where he is now. I don't know what he's doing now, but he needs. Uh, There was the one where he went and told the girl he loved her, and she was Jewish, and so only spoke Israeli. And you did half the episode from her perspective and half the episode from his perspective, and it was just brilliant. Brilliant. I didn't realise. I'm going to go and watch Coupling again. Yeah, not while Silk's on, and not while we're doing the podcast. No. Oh, um, right. No, not right now. Oh, okay, good point. Let's just talk briefly about The Voice. We can drone on and on about it, but it's become a oh. thing where we talk about The Voice every week. The final is this Sunday. I'm quite surprised, actually, that the final's this quick, because I still don't feel like I know really anybody. I, it, and I, it's Sorry to sort of add it, but it's Saturday, not Sunday, because Sunday's The Apprentice. So oh, Sunday is, the, is the Apprentice, yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes. I'll let you have that as it's correct. Thank you. Um, no, it's very good of you. The Voice, um, we talk about it every week. It's, it's a rare thing. I don't know anything else that has sort of taken off and then floundered with such a degree as this. Um, and the, the, this week, Communism. the show's creator has come uh, come round and said, no, we need to make the live shows more exciting. What was interesting in a recent live show that I've seen, and I will admit I haven't seen the, the semi-final uh, yet, mm. is the fact that Will I Am seems to be really struggling to come up with anything to say. Oh, I'm sorry, Will I Am got on my nerves. Put the flipping torch down and flipping commentate on the shows. Don't wave the torch round. Sorry, it Language. really got on my nerves. Language. No, but it really got on my nerves. It's and only Will eight I o'clock. Has we been... don't need flippings. <laughs> Will, Will I have been very funny at times during this series, and has provided some good comedic and clever moments. But yeah. I'm sorry, who gave him a slot on the Olympic torch relay? I don't know. I don't know. And but why, I also why? don't know. Oh. I also don't know why when Holly comes to him every act. Yeah. Saying, what would you think of it? He looks at her like, "Oh, am I actually live on this show?" Like he hasn't realised. He's realized. busy tweeting. 
or or thinking up ways he can say the word dope 50 times. Jesse J's starting to annoy me. Oh, no, she's annoyed me from the start. Um, it's going downhill as regards to ratings and also regards to quality. This, week, this weekend, the two favourites, in my opinion, Ruth and Jazz, were voted off the show Spoiler. by the viewers. There was no <laughs> judges or coaches involved in the voting. It was all the viewers. Yeah. Here's my problem. Um, the voting is only open for half an hour after the end of the show. That is now, because it was they the only... They, although broadcast on Sunday... They, in that 30 minutes, I presume everybody involved now changes their clothes while people phone yeah. in. Uh, well, it, it must have been because Holly, Holly Willoughby was seen at the BAFTAs half an hour after the repeat, after the repeat yeah. show. Even she doesn't stick around on. to see what happens. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, so that was clearly recorded. I don't know why they don't just admit it's recorded or put it on the same night. Why, why you, you know, you run the risk think, of things Do you think it would have a out? better success if it was on and then Casualty was on or whatever's on on the Saturday? No, and I then think, back to that. No, because I think they, they, that was what used to happen with things like Fire Academy and, and early X Factor. And I think you don't get enough time. I think what they should have done is they should schedule it to be on Saturday night and leave the voting open for full 24 hours. We've already said this, and it's, it's been repeated again and reiterated with some figures, that the, the voice was very successful on iPlayer. If you've got a big following on a, on a catch-up, why only give your audience half an hour to vote? It's not a true reflection of your audience who are voting. Got me I, angry now. I, I don't know. I don't know how they can rectify it for next series. I really don't. I think people will I, be turned off. I think people were interested enough in the beginning, much like myself, but have just been disappointed as the weeks go I, on. The live shows a bit. I mean, the the performances, they're okay. Uh, my mum always says I don't like the songs they pick, and I I think. No, the, well, the thing. No, I see. I disagree because the songs they are different to what you'd hear on the X Factor. You won't hear Radiohead, you won't hear the Foo Fighters, you won't hear things like that on, 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 um, on the X Factor. So I, I enjoy the diversity a bit more than just the same old three Rihanna songs and like that. I'd love but, to, uh, I don't know how they can... I don't know how they can... And also it annoys me that I've spent this much time in it and now I don't really care who wins. But have you, have well, you this is the point. Well, no, to be honest, I, the last two weeks I've just ended up watching the Sunday show because the live show, let's face it, if you don't watch the live show, you don't miss anything because you can watch the repeat on my player or you can, they do those nice little recaps for you on the Sunday night that show you the best bit anyway and most of the sort of prevalent comments. So, no, I, I haven't been bothered. And I think with those two acts out of the competition, I, I don't care who wins. And I now believe, like some people said at the beginning, the winner's not really going to be a winner. The winner no. of The Voice is not going to have an impact on the British music scene. There you are, I've said it. And uh, we cross live to 2014 where the winner of The Voice is on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not literally. It seems like we're running... <laughs> no, I don't condemn that at all, sorry. No. I should say. Arson uh, is not, conf it's not, not appreciated by the Custard TV Live. Let's talk very briefly about another final. Uh, the Voice is on Saturday, The Apprentice is on Sunday. I'm actually... Yeah. We've been disappointed by this series, and I still am, but actually, yeah. I've started to enjoy it a bit more uh, over the last two weeks. I feel like, um, especially with the double firing, I always like it when he gets rid of two in one go, because it sets the cat amongst yeah. the pigeons. I, 
Um, I, I will go back and watch this. I mean, this is going to be available on iPlayer for a while, apparently. So I will go back and watch this. Probably not in time for the final on Sunday. And I believe this week you've got the traditional, the final four episodes sometime this week as well. I think it might be on tonight um, or next or tomorrow night. The yeah, I can't, I can't remember the final five. And then, of course, you've got this week's semi-final episode um, on Wednesday. Um, it's been down. It's been disappointing. I mean, we didn't talk about the fact that the Atlantis won an award at the BAFTA shows that maybe he should do another series of that and then I, I both think he should let the apprentice sit for a year hold up the tension and the and the, uh, and the thing and actually you know give it a break i wondered whether the apprentice all-stars would work but i don't know i don't know whether I oh, what, bring that. back bring back the sort of essence from previous it, years yeah it's something america would certainly do and i could see that's kind of the death of the, that was the death of the big brother was it really though yeah. wasn't it when they back old contestants you know and jade's mother was there every year oh so, uh, <laughs> no, you know not every year sorry. that was just <laughs> every um so no i i uh, what i used no. to like about the apprentice and they haven't done it for the past two series uh was the interview was its own separate ep- episode and i used to like that, that. Nice? and i think now what they're doing is the interview is kind of just a little bit tagged on the front and then there's the final task and then the yeah. second hour will be Dara talking to the sort of a you're fired on BBC One sort of thing. Oh so that's that... true yeah that's true yeah you're fired but don't actually tack on the end of the last episode so no. I meant I thought you meant the episode which is always always the best episode of the no, series. No that's what I mean that's what I mean where they get interviewed oh, by really? Claude and Margaret and all these people. Oh um, no, that's still that's the, that's this Wednesday, isn't it? That's this week. That, oh, is it? Well, I'm getting confused. Yeah, get, it's not. A, yeah, no, it's I not think, actually, I this think... Wednesday is another task. This Wednesday is, is another it? task. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, in that case, then I'm slightly disappointed that they've not only if they're in this series, they've messed around with the format. Lord Sugar, you've got a lot to answer for. Also, I would say that my pick when we initially did these uh, Apprentice podcasts was is still in there. Yeah, uh, mine got fired like a long spoilers. time ago. Um, briefly, want to talk about podcasts. What are those? Yeah, what are they? What, what, what was the point of that? Um, what was the point of them? Sky Atlantic's first UK drama uh, was called Hit or Hit and Miss. Did want to call it Hit or Miss, but I'm not because it's incorrect. Hit and Miss was uh, sort of devised by Paul Abbott of Shameless Fame, which we touched on earlier. It's like it was meant to be. Uh, Chloe yep. Sevigny, uh, I presume that's how you pronounce her name, as a it's transgender hit woman or hit man or hit person. Hit person. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. correct. Um, uh, and probably actually. Is, is completely not what I was expecting, I have to be honest. But I really, really enjoyed it for what it was. And I will definitely... Yeah. I definitely watched the remaining episodes. I think there's five left. It was more about uh, her family and the fact that he, she has a son. Um, it, it did quite well. It 160,000, which is not bad for Atlantic, which is, you know, let's face it, a pay-for channel that you can only get off Sky. You can't get that on Virgin or BT. Um, I think Sky did quite a good of promoting it. I mean, they, they kind of stuck a number of things around, didn't they? Sort of, you know, promote this a bit of bit of advertising on other channels, bit of bus and, and train travel uh, stuff. So I think they did a good job, and they've been... I, the DVDs out in early, DVDs out in early July. Well, they, they do, they do that anyway. They, they do that quick. Get the DVDs out quickly yeah. now, anyway. Uh, we'll be catching I, up when it comes was, out. DVD. I was skeptical as to whether uh, Sky Atlantic should be making their own 
dramas. Um, but actually, yeah. if you watch this, you'll see it's not something you would see on BBC One, certainly not something you'd see on ITV. Maybe has a sort of a Channel 4 drama feel to it, but I think that that is to sort of take away from how, how good the writing is and how how interesting it is as a premise. Um, the hit woman, hit person thing didn't come into it too much in episode one, but I've, you've got to build on it. So if you can see it somehow, and we don't condone that you go and find it on... Because people, I don't know if you know this, Gary, people can find it online yeah. in places. And uh, do you know what, there are, there, there, are idiots, there are idiots out there who Twitter and say, oh, where can I find it, hoping that someone will send them a link. Oh, I think that's deplorable. Have you done that yet? Yeah. Okay. But don't, um, don't Scott and Bailey... Can you, can, you uh, edit, can you edit that bit out of the, uh, the show, yeah? What, the live show that we're doing? Yeah, that bit. <laughs> Moving on. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Scott and Bailey, uh, Saran Jones, Leslie Sharp. Just want to touch on this briefly. If you're a fan of the, uh, this series, which a lot of people were, uh, I think even that got higher, view- higher viewing figures than The Voice. Um, is it, it is a huge hit. Saran Jones and Leslie Sharp together are fantastic. Um, and it's really well written, really funny in places, and really sort of edgy seat stuff. Saran Jones confirmed to the Radio Times, not to me. I, she usually gives me first refusal. Really? She told. I'm shocked Radio that Times. she didn't didn't contact you on, uh, directly on this occasion. I think it's because I've started to associate with um, the lower class people, like uh, uh... like yourself. Um, Scott and Bailey is going to be back for a third series. It was kind of a given. It's a bit of a risk to end a second series on a cliffhanger if you're not going to bring it back. But it's now been confirmed and shooting will start in November. Uh, Another show that's going to start shooting in November is uh, Luther, where all the cast, including Idris Elba and Warren Brown, and uh, all of them will be back for four episodes. That's two two, two two-part episodes, just like last year. Kind of disappointed we have to wait till early next year for it, but at least it's on the way. I think the problem is Idris Elba has now made himself a bit of a sort of a name in uh, in America. He's in uh, the upcoming Alien prequel, Prometheus. I, I made this in... joke earlier on Twitter, but I, I'll do it again. I honestly, genuinely, when I saw Prometheus, how do you say it? Prometheus. Prometheus. I genuinely thought it said Pythagoras, and I thought, how are they going to do a maths film with aliens? I was trying to work out, you know, how you could do 3.14 as a thriller. I thought it was like there was a, there was a fi- there was a film many years ago by Darren Aronofsky, who's now doing very mainstream films called Pi. It's funny <laughs> you mentioned 3.141. <laughs> so yeah, so just um, it's not Pythagoras; it's Prometheus. But uh, yeah, so Prometheus. Prometheus. So uh, he's quite busy. Really yes, about but he's he's got quite a starring role in that, so it's difficult now to sort of get him involved in television now that he's making a name for himself in in films, and therefore the scheduling is probably the biggest issue with Luther. I imagine the scripts are quite hard to write, but I imagine it's getting the actors in the right place at the right time. The good thing about Idris and, and his involvement in Luther is that he's always been so keen and spoken about how much he mm. does enjoy being involved in it. So although it has been confirmed by writer Neil Cross that this third outing will be its last on TV. Maybe Luther will uh, be reincarnated on the big screen or something like that. But, well, I don't uh, know. We'll have to do the custard movie live if that happens, unfortunately. We will do. Can I just point out that that's the second uh, Wire actor that we've talked about in this episode? I know, uh, Dominic, we? uh, Dominic West, yeah. obviously. And, and, uh, and, and can I just say that the excellent Aidan Gillen continues to be very good in Game of Thrones that I'm enjoying. So I'm if you were ever you in the Wire... About Game of Thrones. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, for each podcast, you've done it every podcast, and I can't contribute yep. anything. So I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm like what it. you call a, a rebel. You've got a cause, but I don't care for it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, do we need to go to another advert? I don't think so. I think we've paid enough no. bills. The bills are paid. Who would want to listen to an advert when they can listen to us? I think I think many people would. I think Someone at this point we'll tell them you can still contact us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter name is Gary. That, oh my goodness, I forgot my own Twitter name there. That's like you with that Alzheimer's thing. Oh, sorry, you haven't done that gag yet. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I pencil that gag in for next. <laughs> yeah, pencil that in for next week. Uh, at the Gary Show, no underscores now. And uh, Luke, Luke Custard TV and. Uh, can you remind me to do the Alzheimer's gag next week? Sorry, oh, right. Alzheimer's, I don't forget. <laughs> oh, it's oh. there oh, we did. We shoehorned it in. Uh, you wanted to talk uh, about um, something coming up on uh, TMZ or no T TMZ? Oh, I can't talk today. We're both okay, ill. Let me tell you, it started about two weeks ago. It's called. It's a show called Hell on Wheels. TMZ. Um, TCM Turner oh, Classic God's Movies. Sake, I can't see. Now, I must be. Dyslexic today. The actual show I've watched, I've watched about ten minutes of, and, and have parked it, thinking, "Oh, I'd like to come back to that." If you're ever a fan of Deadwood, it's definitely set in that kind of Wild West. It's about train lines. It's about the building of the American East-West train lines. Might sound God, dull. If you get but, any um, more rock and roll, they'll have to section well, you. Well, they'll have to. They'll have to stop me. They'll have to shoot me down. Uh, it stars Carmini, who anyone knows is the chief off of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Next Generation. Um, and uh, the, the, the important thing about it, I mean, Turner Classic Movies, I've never see, ever watched a minute of that channel. And actually now I realise they've got a few television programmes on there. They don't just show films. And the reason I wanted to mention it, with the introduction of Sky Arts doing it, and we've talked a lot about over the last few months about Watch and Really and Dave and Alibi picking up and, and Mark and, and Steve. Exactly, Dave and Steve <laughs> and Fred. All picking up Pamela's their television programs. Sky Living's Pamela. thinking of changing its name to Pamela. I mean. I'd actually watch it more if they did. Um, and uh, so there you are, these smaller channels now getting more and more involved in, the, in buying up American television. I think because the major networks, I mean, BBC don't buy anything because they've been burnt and they don't have any money and they prefer Swedish drama. ITV seems to have never decided to buy much American stuff. And there's so much of it that Sky buy it all. So... Uh, another it's piece good, of news. Good for you, the viewer. Another piece of news from this week uh, is that Stephen Mangan tweeted that BBC Four have decided not to continue making any yeah. gentlys. Is this the first sign that of the BBC Four cuts? Maybe, but I think probably it's more in line with the fact that this was expensive to make and it probably didn't have the splash that it thought it would. It was well liked critically, but it never got the viewers. I remember looking at the figures at the time. I think it's a shame, but probably also an indication that even Mangum is a bit more expensive than he used to be. I think it could probably sit quite happily on BBC Two as sort of a cult yeah. thing. Um, it probably I, another series that probably would have got promoted to BBC Two. I would have thought. But um, I am quite worried about these BBC cats. I don't know when we'll notice it. I suppose. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think now words. now that a lot of the live shows, you know, the breakfast shows and Blue Peter have now, and all the sport have now moved up to Manchester, um, and also a lot of the radio stuff, I think you will start to see more of the cuts. And I think, as I said, they're not buying any American television; they're buying foreign channels, and they're working 
harder, I think, which is good for us, the viewer. You know, we we're getting exposed to, you know, two years ago, we never would have seen the killing on British television because it wouldn't no. have been bought. So no, we can only right. hope that there's other good programs out there around the world or young, exciting program makers who are prepared, the BBC are prepared to take a risk on, who aren't going to cost much money. I mean, I don't know how much the fade cost. Maybe that was what the decision in not to bring it back for series two. But they gave a young filmmaker a chance. I mean, well, that, gave that... Well, say what that, you like about the BBC. They are good at giving people chances. Um, I mean, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. I know it gets slated, but they gave a very young writer a big chance to yeah, do that look program. How, look how he milked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but get, I, I mean, they, they do. They are good at giving people chances. I mean, Ricky Gervais was sort of known before he went into to do The Office, and he said, I want to direct it with Stephen, I want to write it, yeah. I want to cast it, and the BBC just said, yeah, you, you could do that. So I hope these cuts don't stop them being so generous with their their time and with their money and also don't forget you know Walliams and, and David Walliams and Matt Lucas you know they were fairly unknown the stuff they'd done previously was fairly cultish and and you know the biggest exposure was was Matt Lucas on um on shooting stars and now that's a global brand for them that they export to every country around the world and they've had it remade in America well, so less, the, le the less we say about the Matt Lucas awards probably the better uh, I well, would imagine. It turns out he's going to be the, uh, the the Dennis of the of the of the of the, uh, of the two. He's not as funny or as going to be as famous. He's the art. He's the art Garfunkel of the Wally. Indefinitely. Yeah. That's what he's the he's, he's the, the he's the he's, he's the, the, the Gary of the Luke and Gary. <laughs> oh, I like the fact we're renaming the show as well. That's fine. If I've got naming rights, then I'm not bothered about being called the uh, the Ernie Wise of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't believe I'm saying it, but we're, yep. we're, we're finished. One minute left of the what? podcast. I've had a one minute. few... One minute. One, let's move this uh, for the best we can. Thanks ever so much for listening. When we return next week, it's going to be June. Oh, how our lives will have changed. If you'd like to get in touch with us before June and before next Tuesday, Luke Custard TV on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter name is at the Gary Show. We'd love to hear what you're thinking of watching whilst all the royal programmes, the footy, the Olympics and the Wimbledon are on. Tell us what you're looking forward to watching during the summer other than the cavalcade of sport and entertainment. And you're going to go and watch Silk now, presumably, after you've made I yourself am, yeah, a hot I've, cup of I've, cocoa. That's right. I've got to make me sandwiches for tomorrow. Uh, any suggestions about what to put in there? Uh, ham. Ham. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And and then iron a shirt and then, and then sit down and watch Silk. God. Your life's just going to fly by until next Tuesday. Take Rock care. And and we'll, <laughs> we'll take care. We'll catch you next Tuesday on the Custard TV Podcast. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.